You're watching the Notre Dame recruiting update each and every Friday. Mike Singer, Trey Kennedy, back with you for another edition. Talk some Notre Dame football recruiting, as always. And as we get into the show today, everybody, I want to thank you for being here, first and foremost, because there's a whole lot you could do on a nice, sunny summer Friday. But you're deciding to spend at least a half hour with us, so we appreciate that. One way, uh, you know, we, we've decided to thank you guys is... Mike said it a couple weeks ago, we've made our entire YouTube page free for subscribers. Click that subscribe button, and all of a sudden, you're going to be first in line for all kinds of news, notes, updates, everything surrounding Notre Dame football and Notre Dame recruiting. It's one click, guys. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Just as much effort and energy required there. It is a simple click, and that's going to help our show get out to more Notre Dame fans so we can all be buzzing about what is going on with the Fighting Irish. Got a fun show lined up today, Mike. I know there's some surprises in the bag. <laughs> not, not, it's nothing crazy, but yeah. We'll see uh, what we I, got. Yeah, I told Trey before we started recording, I was like, you know, sometimes I'm not going to tell you what we're doing, and you're just going to have to figure it out as we go, Trey. No, it's fun. This is what it's all about, man. This is live, uh, and it is live, guys, so that means that we can interact with you as the show is going on. Get in the comments section. Now, you have to be a subscriber to make a comment, so uh, it's just more incentive to do so. Take advantage of our, our free offer there. Uh, but get in the comments. Let us know where you're watching from today. I think we've gone worldwide at this point, Mike. So uh, let us yeah. know where you're at. Um, and as we get into the show today, Mike, I want to know how your week is going. It's already Friday, July the 21st. Yeah. Um, football season is right around the corner here, Mike. Notre yeah. Dame opens it up. Yeah, I know. After our show today, we we'll start planning where I'm headed in this fall for, for travel, what August looks like um i'm excited it's gonna be uh it's gonna be very busy uh i mean like the month of july is, is slower for us um but yeah we're getting out of slow season very very soon so i am looking forward uh to that thomas says you guys are wearing uh you guys are talking irish wearing red shirts not green uh, I, look guys i have like six different shirts i wear for these shows and i just grab one and then trey just happened to be wearing red too so well, Mike and I decided um, that this color makes our skin look the best. So yeah, this is just so. for our egos. Sorry, sorry, right, sorry about sorry. that, Thomas. Yeah, no, we, we'll um, have some green on next time. Um, and we got Jacksonville, Florida, Florida, Georgia. Of yeah. course, Joe Bros, you know, in every show. Just before we even tell people, hey, let us know where you're watching from. He says DMV, Jacksonville, the armpit of Florida. What's going on, Ian? Oh, um, yeah, fun show lined up. So, Trey, I, I, I sent you the outline of what we're going to talk about. But I think like the last half of it, if not three quarters, the last three quarters of it, we're just not even going to get to because we have someone joining the show today. Oh, no way. So special guest. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be pretty fun. And someone with a kind of an interesting connection to like a very unique, interesting connection to a Notre Dame player. Um. So, but yeah, I think we can start with uh, the big news that happened just two hours before. Oh, that's not the right. There it is. This just happened a couple hours ago. Um, so, yeah, a new commitment for the Irish tray. How about it? Logan Saldate, you see it there. Saldate. Well, I wanted to say Saldate, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I got nervous there. Cold feet. Yeah. Uh, but Saldate is now yeah. committed. Um, you see the the little emoji we got on there, the flip going on. Oregon State's uh, now to Notre Dame. And we have a super chat to get us oh. started. And uh, it's Ooh. Pretty cool here. We're on topic with Wicked Bronco Production. Good to see you again, Wicked Bronco. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Super Chat. Hey, Mike. I'm going to be doing my own interview with Logan Saldate on my Notre Dame pod. Anyways, do you think Notre Dame could add another wide receiver athlete after a breakout senior season like Brandon Hillman last year? And, of course, guys, as always, Super Chats instantly to the front of the line. So we're going to dive into, uh, you know, the breaking news here in a little bit. But uh, let's, let's get it started with the Super Chat. Yeah. Real quick before I forget it, Ian says – Logan Saldate flipped to Notre Dame. You could say he felt displaced in Oregon <laughs> State's class. Trying to lead us into the ad read. That's all, that we're, we're doing that ad read on Wednesdays now, but I love it, Ian. Um, yeah, Wicked Bronco Productions, always appreciate the uh, the support, the super chats. Um, you'll love talking to Logan. I got to interview him um, you know, before he announced, and and you can find the story of Blue and Gold. And he's, an, he's an awesome young man to interact with. Um, yeah, look, the thing with Notre Dame is – what their plans are right now are very much subject to change. I mean, there's nothing they do is set in stone. So yeah, the plan right now is three receivers, right? And they they're at that now with Saldate, Cam Williams, and uh, and Micah Gilbert. But 
if someone pops on their radar, like you said, with Brandon Hillman, they'll absolutely take that player. You know, like they're at what is that 21 commits right now? You know, maybe they get Gerby Lambert looking at 22. They're going to take a linebacker. Hopefully it's Kingston Villiamwasa. You know, as we record this, Notre Dame still hasn't gotten word. None of the schools have gotten word on what he's going to do, but you're still going to take another linebacker. So you're looking at, you know, maybe 23 right there. I still think they'll have room for like two more players. And, you know, you're leaving spots open for guys like Justin Scott or Caleb Beasley. So you have, you know, wiggle room. And Notre Dame doesn't get those two guys. You know, they could just call it a day there. But then, again, I think there's the that room for, hey, if there's someone like Brandon Hillman who, you know, Notre Dame can get um, and they believe in very strongly that maybe they don't have the – the numbers for, but still, um, you know, numbers for at a specific position, but have the room in the class to take, then they'll do it. Um, I feel pretty confident in saying that with Notre Dame, yeah, tomorrow you could be getting calls about like, oh, they're taking another quarterback. You know, like, you just, you know, like oh, they're taking a, a, a kicker. Oh, it's a scholarship long snapper. You know, oh, we're taking seven off. You know, you just never know with Notre Dame. So um that is um that that's the answer to that super chat. And uh yeah, and, and we we're about to talk about Logan Saldate Trey. Um but I want to hear from someone else because on our YouTube channel, me and Tim already did a video on this. So I we we're this was maybe an hour before we started recording. Cody Belair popped on our blue and gold message board and wrote a whole paragraph with his thoughts on. On Logan, so I texted Cody. I was like, "Yo, do you want to pop on the show?" And he said, "Yeah, let's do it." So, <laughs> uh, Cody uh, Belair, uh, former Texas Tech, Baylor, also had time at uh, LSU, I believe. He even got the the bio pulled up. Oh my God! Well, there we go. I don't even recognize that dude without the long hair right now. Like it is bonkers. <laughs> so this is Cody Belair. That's hilarious. Yeah, last stop before joining on three. Uh, yeah. yeah, was the. You had director of high school scouting or some some. Yeah, director of scouting over there. I was the uh, assistant director of player personnel at LSU before then, and then I was a personnel assistant with Baylor and uh, Texas A and M before that. So, yeah, man, I was a student at LSU as well. So I've been doing this whole scouting and player evaling thing for, golly, eight years now, which is crazy to think about. Um, I, it's funny we're looking at twenty twenty sixes. We're kind of getting yeah. on that trend. These kids are born in like 08. And I'm like, dude, I was a freshman in high school. Like, what is happening? <laughs> These kids are being born that we're grading now. So time flies, man. Time flies. <laughs> I'm going to have to knock you a little bit just on how much I like you, Cody, because I do see the Chelsea book. Is that ah, Yes. Well, I don't know. I had a couple things. So, yeah, that's my Chelsea book. I'm a Chelsea fan. Um, this is Trevor Hoffman behind me right here. Big fan of Trevor Hoffman. But also, I don't know if you guys recognize – this is Leonard Fournette. I don't know if y'all remember. I believe he ran a kickoff back against you guys, if y'all don't remember. Um, I think it's his only one. So hey, this is a Notre Dame podcast. Out. Just make sure oh, you know what? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, big Chelsea Blues guy. I got a trip to London, actually, next summer. So I'm hoping nice. to uh, go see a little uh, Stanford Bridge. All right, Bridge well, I think it's August 13th when Liverpool and Chelsea battle. Uh, Sounds like we need to link up is what you're I will be talking a bunch of crap. Um, <laughs> if we go to Stanford Bridge and just absolutely wreck them. Yeah, some shows in the spring, I was wearing all my, my Liverpool shirts just I for good it. luck during the season. And it, it, it I, actually uh, out a I apologize. Bit. I missed out on the red shirt memo. That's on me. Yeah, I should total have accident. That going total in. accident. Um, <laughs> uniform for the day. All right, let, let's get to business, though. Uh, yeah, Logan Soldate, like I said, you just posted a bunch of thoughts on him. Yeah. Um, so let's pop on the tape. Tell us what you see when you, when you watch him, what do you think about this young man? Yeah, man. So it was funny. Like when he committed, I initially, and I kind of, I touched on this in the little paragraph I wrote on the forum, but I was like, man, that kid reminds me so much of Caleb Smith out of Frisco Reedy. Uh, when I was at Texas tech, we were, I mean, he was literally like the first kid, I think like one of the first few that we offered when I got to Texas tech, but it was one of those deals where you look at the height weight, you look at the skill set, And to me, when you look at a guy like Logan Saldate, 
you know, he's a little over five foot 11. He's probably closer to 180, 185 pounds. Uh, during the spring camp circuit, he jumped like a 32 something vertical, low four, four shuttle, nine, four broad. So he's got great lower body explosiveness. He's got good change of direction, suddenness. And you see that on tape, right? The moment he catches the football, he gets in and out with the ball in his hands. He does stuff like that where he shows you he can go up in high point regardless of being 5'11", regardless of having closer to a 6'6", wingspan. But the thing that I think he does best is when the ball is in his hands, he makes guys miss. And he's such a pain in the butt to just bring to the ground. He's slippery, he's tough, and he's got legit speed. I mean, the guys run a 10-8 in the 100-meter dash. He's got a 22-3 in the 200. He's To touch on that lower explosion, right, that's something we really value in terms of projectability to the next level. That kid's got a 24-foot long jump, which I don't know if you guys really can – like that is bonkers long. Like that's crazy. That's like upper 95 percentile of all wide receivers or anyone in really the class of 2024. Uh, that That's crazy long. So stuff like that projects to the next level when you talk about being able to separate and being able to really run with guys like everybody's running track. That's such a projectable um, metric for us when it comes to long term development. Um, so he's always had that tool in the bag. And that's something I mean, honestly, looking back at it, we kind of when he committed, I looked at the grade and I was like, man, 86. I was like, that might even be a little low. So when we get senior tape, he's got every chance with his physical and athletic tools to rise up, especially as he puts on more tape as a senior, because that's really the biggest part of the evaluation for us. Right. These guys, what they look like in their last possible um, viewings before they get to the next level. Yeah, it's an interesting tape here, Cody. And thank you for uh, for joining the show on, on such of short course. notice for this today. You're a first guest in uh, in Notre Dame recruiting update show history, so uh, that is big here. news. Yeah. And the coolest last it. name. Uh, I mean, what, what a cool last name! Appreciate it. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, his dad before him. Thanks, that guy's dad. So appreciate it, <laughs> uh, Cody. You know, you look at a player. Here and, and Mike, we needed to have Cody on from the jump of this show because I butchered this name to, to start us out today. So thank you for the beautiful pronunciation there. Uh, but, you know, you talk about the timeline of this recruitment a little bit and, um, you know, how we got to this point with the flip today. Go ahead, Mike. I'm not sure. I'm not really know about yeah. this recruitment, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, and I always say this, like, I like that our scouts don't follow the like you like you're not a reporter. Right, you don't need no, to be involved. Yeah. Like, just just scout. Like, that's all. That's yeah, all. Yeah, they they send scout. me the tape and they say, "Watch this," and I go, "Okay," <laughs> and we go yeah. from there. Like, okay, but yeah, in terms of the the recruitment, I mean, he uh, took official visits. Um, you know, I think it was Oklahoma State, Cal, Oregon State, committed to Oregon State at the um, what was it? I think the end of May or something. Or he took visits. Maybe he. I, I'm I, now I can't remember. I think he had some officials lined up, but committed to Oregon State before taking them. But anyways, commits to Oregon State at the end of May, uh, and then um, note. I mean, once Notre Dame had the decommitment of Isaiah Candy, and I was told the staff looked at about you know two dozen or so um, 2024 wide receivers. And I'm talking. I talked about this in the video with Tim Hyde, like five star type guys. They were like, "Hey, can we sneak in there?" to you know like circling around to guys like jeremiah mcclellan and ryan wingo and even Bredell richardson and then guys like logan saldate who um you know your your traditional three-star you know flip from a you know a lower pac-12 school i i don't know i don't want to disrespect oregon state call them a lower pac-12 school but you know they're not at the top of the conference right now i do love oregon state though personally i used to cover the beavers had a great time um you know covering the school in corvallis ben corvallis yeah. is a great place but anyways so, I mean, this he told me that Notre Dame will be his third Catholic school, Trey. So, like, he, he's, you know, grew up Catholic. So, Notre Dame was kind of the pinnacle for him. So, he was happy with Oregon State, but Notre Dame um, offers him just a few days back um, and commits. So, it's interesting. We're in a dead period right now. So, Notre Dame couldn't have him come up to camp or anything. So, they said, hey, right. they did like a – Cody, they did like a virtual camp with him. They said, hey, run the route tree. Yeah, have mom video it in the backyard, you know, whatever that he sent it in, sent in running a 40. And then from there, Notre Dame went from, hey, we like you to we want you on our commit list. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's how you got to do it, right? Like I can't I can tell you the, the countless amounts of 
times where you just say, Hey man, this kid didn't go to a camp. We haven't gotten on, on campus. Like, Hey dude, do you, would you mind just having your coach or your parents or whoever just take a video of us? Like, can you stand there with a tape measure? Can you stand on a scale? Can you do your arms so we can look at your wingspan, stuff like that. Cause that stuff matters. Like those metrics and measurables really, really matter. Um, and that's one of those things where like, you know, that that's something that I talking about in-person evaluations, right? When you work for a team, the only time, especially as an off-field guy, right? Like myself, the only time we ever got to see these kids work out and run around in person was at our camps. Those are the only time, that's the only time we're allowed to see them. Um, and, you know, we can get like height, weight and stuff or wingspan and arm length when they come on campus, like for a visit or whatever. But we never get to see these cats run around unless it's at the camp itself, which is something that, now that I'm on this side of things doing media stuff, I can go to all the camps I want. I can go to the school camps. I can go to the uh, invitationals, like those national combines and stuff. Like I got to see uh, Logan Saldate in person myself. When I went to the Under Armour Los Angeles camp, I got to watch him work out. I got to watch him run routes. I got to watch him catch the ball in comparison to a lot of these other West Coast kids. And that is something that I think, you know, we look at the height, weight, speed and stuff, which Saldate has. I think that's something that I had a little bit of reservations about. Um, there were times when he was getting jammed at the line of scrimmage and he really isn't able to get off of those guys. So he's just got to work on his hand usage a little bit. A lot of it's technique, right? And a lot of things that maybe he's not being taught at the high school level. Um, that's very teachable at the next level of college. Um, because the biggest thing you cannot teach these kids especially with Logan Saldate and, and what he has is height, weight, speed. You can get them a little heavier. You can't make them longer and you can't make them that much faster. So he has all of that. So for me, he's a big stock up guy, potentially very early on in his senior season. Yeah. I mean, just the speed. You saw it on the tape there. Now committed to Notre Dame. Uh, gentlemen, I'm actually committed. I didn't tell you guys. I'm uh, decided to commit today as well. I'm committed to bird dogs. These are some of the most comfortable, stretchy, lightweight, athletic shorts I've ever put on. I'm wearing them right now. I mean, I think we usually, uh, you know, talk about some of these ad reads and um, they're products that we maybe never even use. I'm wearing bird dogs as we speak. These are, uh, sorry, not a great look here, but. Like Show, I said, the thighs. Somebody... Show the thighs. Show the thighs. Let me do a spin around here for you guys. How about it? A treat. A treat for everyone. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I, I just, I had to show everybody here, Cody Mike, because these are maybe the best shorts I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, one of our, our new partners here on the Notre Dame Recruiting Update, but maybe one of my favorite partners we've ever had. Uh, if you guys are looking for this slim fit, comfortable, flexible, stretchy shorts, you want to rock the rest of this summer. Uh, maybe you're looking for some stylish pants, polos to improve your wardrobe. You're going to want to check our friends out at Bird Dogs. We got a code for you here. It's super simple, guys. It's kind of like that free deal we got going on with YouTube. This one's not free, but we're going to give you a promo code that you can punch in when you go to birddogs.com slash BGI. Punch in that promo code, BGI, and they're going to give you a free Yeti-style tumbler. You're going to want to take advantage of this, guys, because uh, this is not going to last forever. But right now, you can get a free blue Yeti-style tumbler. I should have brought my tumbler along with my shorts hey, today. I, I, got it. I got it on the screen, Trey. Oh, perfect. Here we go. Vanna, Vanna White and Mike Singer. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the double-handed, yes. That is the tumbler that you can get for free when you go to birddogs.com slash BGI and you punch in that promo code BGI. Look at this, guys. We've got all kinds of colors, styles. they got cool names on them, too. Um, and they got the liner in there for you. You don't even need undies if you don't want to wear them. Bird Dogs. Go check them out. Birddogs.com slash BGI. Look at this. Our, our guy from Chicago, Domer Wap, prefers going commando. These are the perfect shorts for you, Bird Dogs. I, so you uh, see these, sorry, uh, fart? No? Fart Gun Garfunkels, these names are ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's good. When, it's they good us, when they sent us the promo codes, I literally scrolled through the shorts. All of the names are absurd. They're <laughs> absurd. Right, we're gonna do something, you know. Mike Singer is also I think oh, this is what I'm wearing yeah. is my oh, Funkles. You guys can see the beautiful, beautiful. Guy here. Um, does this guy do squats? Those are nice. Yeah. I don't know, man. We might start streaming <laughs> on OnlyFans soon with, with me and Trey, what we're doing here when we read our ads. Yeah, we do this at noon. We do that at midnight. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, Cody, if you had a comp here for our, our newly uh, committed youngster, what would that look like at the college level? I know you've seen some talented wide receivers at LSU in your days there. Well, what's a good comp for, for our guy here? 
Yeah, man. I mean, and like I, I touched on it a little bit, but Caleb Smith's really the one that like popped out to me. I mean, even when he pulled the trigger, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because I remember when when we were at uh, Texas Tech and we were looking at guys, this is Caleb Smith. So let me give you a comparison, right? So Logan Saldate coming out and, and during the spring circuit, he was hovering right around 5'11 and a half, 180-ish pounds, had a 30... Uh, 32-inch vertical, a 4-4 shuttle, 9-3 broad, right? Caleb Smith at a very similar style camp, 5'11 and a half, a little bit lighter, right? 170, jumped a 31 vert, had a 4-3 shuttle, and jumped a 9-9 broad. So the measurables are very comparable. Let's say you shed 10 pounds off of Saldate or add 10 to Caleb Smith. Those measurables could be borderline identical. And I think with the way you watch these cats play, you see a lot of similarities. Caleb did a lot of damage with the ball in his hands, right? He was explosive as a returner. They fed him the ball with screens. They fed him a lot of stuff underneath because they knew the way he broke games was when you put the ball in his hands and just let him do his thing. With Saldate, I think you have a little bit different skill set in terms of Saldate could potentially be used more of as like a vertical weapon, like down the sideline, You get him to get vertical, split some safeties, may basically scare these def defensive backs that he's playing against. Caleb can do that as well. Um, it's just so funny, man. These, these kids look so, so, so similar when you look at the highlights. And it's just the way they're used and the way they win in these games is basically, look at this screen. I'm telling you, that's exactly what this whole thing's going to be. It's basically feeding this kid and feeding Saldate and just letting them do what they do best. Just separate from kids and not get tackled. It's It's really awesome. It's like, to me, the way you look at the way these guys play at the next level, I think they're Z-type receivers that have the potential of becoming number ones. And when I say Z types, right, you look at X receivers, right? Traditional X's are those big body, long dudes that are like, you know, the Des Bryant's of the world, the AJ Greens, the Julio Jones. Those are your traditional X's. Your traditional Z's, think about it like this. I, this is familiar with me, right? The LSU 2019 team. Jamar Chase is your traditional X. Justin Jefferson's your traditional Z type. And I think everyone in here would agree. Justin Jefferson has more than enough tools to be a number one type receiver. And that's what I see with Salzate when I say this guy's a Z, but has every bit of the potential to become a number one option, even though he's not a traditional X body type. All right, guys. Yeah, Cody Belair, former Texas Tech, uh, LSU, Baylor, A&M, Stafford joining the show. Right now on, on the screen for folks watching on YouTube, we're looking at Caleb Smith's um senior film and again cody Belair was a part of the texas tech staff that offered caleb Smith yeah and lost him yeah former red Peter <laughs> commit um so yeah i want to go back to the ranking again on three has him at 178 receiver in the country yeah it seems like there's a good chance that that number gets cut in half you know, yep. not soon, <laughs> right? Because you guys just did your 24 evaluation right. or, or updates. And yep. I even texted Charles Power and I said, hey, uh, any chance you're updating that? And he said, no, it's, you know, we'll do the next one after early senior season film, which is a, it's not as Huge important piece it used to be for yeah. like um, colleges, right? Because everyone's already done with their classes pretty much. But it used to be that early senior season film was super important, but it's still very important for you guys in, in the rankings. 100%. I mean, to me, that's the last piece of the puzzle, right? And the big thing of this for us, and that's sort of why I touched on at the beginning, when I looked at the ranking, I was like, mm, 86. I was like, man, that might even be still a little too low. Because when grade. I go back and look at it, right, the great. I mean, the 86 grade, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, that's probably a little too low. Because he has a lot of the things that we covet. You know, like we're big into athletic measurables. We're big into confirmed height weights. It just paints a clearer picture as to what the guy is going to look at, look, excuse me, look like at the next level. And when I look at his track profile combined with the verified height weight, now granted, there are some reservations with that, right? He is 5'11 and a half, fine, probably right around average, maybe an inch or two shy of average. The thing that's concerning with the height, not so much the height, is the wingspan, right? These guys have length. The NFL 
and the college game is affected by length. You can be six foot, but if you have six five wingspan, that's the type of stuff that allows you to extend. That equals your catch radius. That allows you to pluck balls. Even when you're covered, your arm length allows you to, you know, basically get a few more inches to potentially catch the ball away from your frame, regardless of how draped you are by a corner or a defensive back. Um, and so with Logan, He's sitting at close to a six foot, six one wing, not great length. It's pretty average. Like, for instance, I'm five foot 11. My wingspan is probably the exact same as my height. That's pretty standard for most humans, right? These NFL cats got like five or six extra inches on their wingspan. So that's something that it inhibits him slightly, but it's not a game breaker, right? And then the other thing I would say to that was, watching him in person at the camp he had moments where hey if he does get jammed up at the line of scrimmage he doesn't exactly have elite hand usage in order to get away from defenders and get back to stacking on top of the corner so he can separate if he gets off the line clean he's gonna win however he needs to basically take that next step in his technique in terms of reaching his potential as a route runner so just little inhibitors however is 86 too low probably well, it probably should be closer to an 88 right now. However, his senior season has it could potentially boom him to who even knows. He could touch four star status. We'll see how it plays out. But I think he has every chance in the world to really cut, like you said, cut that number in half almost and be a top hundred type player. Yeah, high ceiling here. Um, this is, you know, this is a player that it was exciting to wake up and kind of see this news unfold here. Uh, and Notre Dame, you know, we're going to talk about this in, in just a bit, how Notre Dame has improved recruiting this wide receiver position over the last few years. Uh, I see some comments about linebacker talk as well, Bradley, uh, Bradley Shaw, KVA as well. But before we do that, guys, I want to talk about how you can improve your Notre Dame memorabilia connection. Augie's locker room, we talk about him every week, and this is another one of those guys that uh, it's just so cool. This is uh, an ad read that I love doing because as Mike scrolls here, you see the unique, one-of-a-kind items that Augie offers you. To add to that, maybe Man Cave, or you know, if you have a Notre Dame room in your house, uh, or you got somebody in the family with a birthday coming up, something special you want to celebrate. This is Augie's locker room, and this is where you need to go. He has one-of-a-kind Rockney items, miniature replica sculptures, uh, you know, signed jerseys, collectibles, flags from the stadium, anything and everything that you want to add to your Notre Dame collection. Yeah, Augie's got it for you. And if he doesn't, this is one of my favorite parts about Augie's business model here. He is going to go out and he is going to find it for you. If you have something that you want to add to your collection, that is not a part of Augie's at the moment. Augie's made this so easy for you guys. You can visit them online at Augie'sLockerRoom.com. You can check them out in person, 1811 South Bend Avenue. Or if you want to give them a call, that's just 574-277-NDND. Again, that's Augie'sLockerRoom.com. Uh, 1811 South Bend Avenue, 574-277, Indy, Indy. Mike, I didn't see the uh, the boxing glove around this time, but I do see quite the uh, little plush animal right there. A vintage University of Notre Dame Class 4 Mike stuffed animal. Uh, I've never seen a stuffed animal Mike. for $25, but um, dang, I mean. <laughs> a choice. This is Augie's. I mean, they got everything. <laughs> Things you wouldn't even think of. So, yeah, pretty good stuff. Can't beat it. Um, Can't beat it. Let's talk about how wide receiver has changed for Notre Dame when it comes to recruiting. Um, I'll I'll, I'll touch on that real quick, Trey, and I want to go back to to Cody. Look, Notre Dame receiver recruiting. I mean, Logan Saldate, if you want to be like, oh, he's a three-star. I don't want these guys to come on here and sell me on three stars. I mean, whatever. I I guess you'll like him more when – if, if Cody and Charles Power and the guys bump him to a four star, I guess then that magically you will you'll like him more. I mean, listen, folks, like you can't tell me that the rankings are all bogus when on three has CJ Carr ranked the 14th quarterback and then be like, oh, well, look at Logan Saldate's ranking. Like, are the rankings gospel to you or are they not? Like, you know, you just take them for what they're worth. I mean, Cody Belair and Charles Power, I think they do a really good job. Have I disagreed on CJ Carr? Absolutely. But I mean, at the end of the day, Dude, I was scroll I was scrolling freezing cold takes and um on the new threads app, and it was yeah. just like different analysts and media personalities being like, Oh, this quarterback is going to be amazing. This quarterback is going to be amazing, like NFL stuff. Yeah. All busts. Yeah, that is uh that's something 
And it's tough, right? Because that that's something I have always had sort of a gripe with. So when I was very young and starting as a student doing this, right? I I was in the at LSU building that was in the process. Of course, I didn't know it at the time. I was an LSU student working in that room from the years 2015 to 2018. Does anyone know what LSU did in the year 2019? Won a national title. So I left before that. However, I say that because there was obviously a lot of talented players and there was a lot of kids that were graded at certain levels, whatever. And so when I was a young student, I always looked at guys that made all these grades and stuff. And I was like, what are they doing? I was like, they have no clue what they're looking at. Obviously, these guys are all dumb. They don't have a clue what they're grading. They don't know what they're looking at. These guesses are ridiculous. And I'm looking at it as like, well, I'm, I'm in the building. I know what it looks like. All of the coaches are giving me opinions. And their co- the, these coaches are like, these guys are all dumb. They have no clue what they're doing. This guy's obviously a dude, whatever. And good news, everyone hit and everyone missed. There's nobody that's batting a 1,000. Not a soul is going to bat a 1,000. And not a soul, odds are, is going to bat zero. There's no way you're going to go over, And there's no way you're going to go 25 for 25. So... For me, the biggest thing is I'm more than okay with disagreeing. Like, I mean, Micah, you and I, we've talked about CJ Carr. We've always had, we've all had that discussion. Your guess is as good as mine, just as good as Trey's, just as good as my mom's, just as good as my girlfriend's. We're all taking a guess. And so at the end of the day, I'm coming at it with my perspective. So my perspective is I've watched film professionally i guess i hate saying it like that but like i've been paid to watch film for the last (laughs) however long um and i've looked at it with this lens i've watched thousands of players whatever and at the end of the day i can watch 50 million players and i'm still gonna get some wrong and i'm still gonna get some right and that's the hard part i think that people really have to swallow is like as long as you can for instance if you ask me hey cody what do you think about logan saldate I'm going to give you everything I just told you, right? I'm going to take these athletic measurables. I'm going to take the height weight. I'm going to go off the past receivers I've ever watched. I'm going to look at what the NFL is doing. I'm looking at what the receiver position in general is looking like, and I'm going to give you my opinion. If you can give me your opinion and say, hey, man, I watched the highlight too. I think he's going to be really good, and I think you're wrong. I think you're a little underrated. I'm totally okay with that. Just give me the same grace as like, for instance, let's say Logan Saldate. Let's say I have him as a 86 right now, right? Let's say we have an 86 and we don't touch it. And he gets drafted in the fourth round. If you were pounding the table and you said, hey, I had Saldate as a, as a, a fourth round or a fifth. I said the guy was going to get drafted. I hope you stand on the table and pound your chest. You deserve that. But also give me grace when I say, hey, man, I don't think CJ Carr is going to, you know, I just don't think he's going to be a, th- a top three round pick. And he gets drafted in the sixth. Give me grace for being right on him being a six rounder. Just as much grace as I give you for getting Logan Saldate right as a third rounder or a fourth rounder, whatever, right? You know what I'm saying? Basically, it's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss some. I'm going to hit some. It is what it is. But to give you some perspective on ter- in terms of like what our grades really mean, like, cause I have some people that are probably going to be like, he's an 86. Like, I don't even know what that means. Or like, what's the difference between an 86 and an 89 or a 91 and a 94, right? Like, I don't know what that means. So I'll give you sort of the rundown as to why we do it the way we do it. Is that good? Mike, are you good? Trey? Okay. So when we grade players, our goal is to rank according to the draft, right? And when I say that, I mean, we choose to rank our players in relation to the draft. So a player in our top 32, for instance, you know, our five stars is someone we view potentially as a first round pick, a player that's in the top 100, let's say like 90, you know, like a 95 or something like that. That's someone we view as a potential third rounder or as a top 100 pick and so on and so forth. Right. So that's how we designate and separate four stars from each other. So players in the three-star range, right? So players, these are guys that we group um, in terms of where we project their skill level puts them amongst the college landscape. So if you're in between an 87 and an 89, which are our highest three stars, we think you have the chance to play at a high-level P5 school, but maybe not necessarily a draftable prospect. An 86 and an 84, that's someone that we believe is a mid-level P5 kid, 
And then 83 to 80 is someone that we rank probably as a low P5 to a G5 level prospect. And the reason we use the draft as our projectable rankings model, right, as opposed to how good we think they're going to be at the college level is because the draft is the only time outside of this high school recruiting process that these guys are also being ranked, graded, and selected by teams at the next level. It's it's the simplest way to retroactively see if a player was in fact a hit or a miss. Now with that, is it possible that a player dominates in college and doesn't get drafted highly in the league? Of course, that's happened plenty of times. But more often than not, the really good players in college they're going to get picked and the not so good players in college our odds are not going to get drafted. So we understand that some players we rank outside the top 300 could end up being good college players, but we trust that the draft process that the NFL implements um, and our grades reflect that. Um, to me, at the end of the day, I, I think the general public sort of needs to understand that the difference between a player that's a 94 and a 91 really isn't the biggest difference uh, in the world. And a player with a 94 grade is somebody that, like I said, right, sits sort of in that fourth, fifth round range. And a 91 is someone hovering in that sixth and seventh round range. You guys tell me, if you're Notre Dame or any of these blue blood programs, you would take an entire team of fourth and seventh rounders and be very happy about it. Because getting draftable players is always a good thing. Because signing players of that caliber leads to wins. And ultimately, that's what the fans and that's what these teams care about. Okay, so I just want to put it out there and and just make sure we're on the same page, Cody. So you guys are not saying, oh, if we rank this guy a five-star and then he goes on to be an all-pro, then we got it right. No, you guys don't care what – like you're not ranking – because like we and I texted you about this. I was like, I want to talk about this. It's it's not about what they do in the pros. You don't care about what they do in the pros. It's just where they get drafted because, like you said, that's the only t- like that's the only time you can say if we got it right or not. Yeah, right. I mean, that's exactly right. And because and to your point, right? Like, I, do we care technically if they go on and have an All Pro Hall of Fame career? Not necessarily. I I almost don't even technically care if they dominate in college. Like, if the stats say that, I care where they get picked. For instance, like if a kid wins three Heisman trophies and uh, for, how about this? If I say a kid's going to be a first round pick, right? I have him graded as a top 32 player. If I say he's a first rounder, that kid goes on to win three Heisman trophies and gets drafted in the fifth round. I missed. But if That's that crazy. kid, if That's that kid crazy. goes on to college and doesn't play a down until their senior year and goes off and gets drafted in the first, that's a hit for me because I knew eventually those traits were going to show up for him to be a first round prospect. And the NFL validated that. That's how I view it. In my opinion. Now the a Heisman winner getting drafted in the fifth round doesn't seem like that's something that happens very right. often. Not right. super likely, but that's, so it's that's like in, in that scenario, Cody, <laughs> you, that seems crazy. Like why? I mean, if he's a Heisman and he's a five-star, like, yeah, you, you, you hit it. So that just seems sure. like a, if, if people are going to go to that argument, it just seems like that's a 1% kind of deal, right? No I mean, question. I had someone on the message board saying, well, Sam Hartman, what, I mean, look at what he's done at Wake Forest, and he's not, I mean, he's what, like, for being projected as, like, the 15th best draftable prospect right now. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he did that at Wake Forest. You know, like, if he does it at Notre Dame, if he if he does that what, at Wake Forest, what he did at Notre Dame, he's going to shoot up the draft boards and be no a top question. five quarterback pick you know no question 100 percent. fully agree yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. Trey, do you have anything for cody yeah that was just so interesting i mean you know this is uh i guess truly it's eye test at the end of the day you guys yeah. are able to kind of you know go off of what you see at the high school level which is really cool and i think um you know on this show we've gotten comments about where this guy needs to be ranked and where that guy needs to be ranked but at the end of the day um i i think the consistency aspect of it is something that i continue to point to uh, the fact that and Charles Charles Power had a great video on our, our national page the other day talking about just the way they go about this. You know, it's it's a consistent uh, process that, um, you know, is a lot of eye tests. But at the end of the day, I think the consistency is what I point to here. Uh, yeah. Cody, what's been your favorite class to, to scout in your time doing this role? Ooh, what do you mean? What do you mean by class? What's my favorite class that I've like, like uh, are you asking? 
like class of 2024 class of 2017 oh since i've been in since i've been doing this you're saying yep oh gosh um just like over my eight years i'm assuming right yes yes um i would say oof, man that's tough because i can go a lot of different ways with this so i would say personally the 2022 class was my favorite because it was the first time I was working at my alma mater at a full-time capacity. And I will forever have that sort of like to my name. Like I was like, hey, I could tell my kids one day, I was like, hey, your dad went to school at a place he loves. You think it's the best school in the country, right? And he got to work there and he helped sign a group of kids. Like, I think that's very cool for me. And like, I love that. Um, so that means it just means a lot to me. Um, you know, we always kind of play this game. Like we always have our babies, right? That's what I call them. And everybody, anybody that knows me in the personal world knows that I have babies because I, I take care of my kids so much like with our student assistants. And we all also have our own personal babies, like football players, like, you know, oh my God, I love that kid before anybody else. So the guy, I like to have a feather in the cap. You know, you got to, like we said, you stand on the table for your hits and you stand on the table for your misses. So I'll give you one of two. I'll give you both. My biggest miss is probably Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne was coming out very early in my career. It's probably like year two. And he still to this day is the fastest kid I've ever clocked on my own watch in a 40. He came to LSU camp, probably 5'11", 190, which at the time, he's probably not even 5'11". He might have been like 5'10". At the time, I considered that small, which if I told myself now, I'd be like, you dumb, dumb. Like, that's not even that's not small at all. Like, what are you talking about? Plus, we already we signed Clyde Edwards Elaire. So it worked out. We ended up taking a first rounder. He was Travis Etienne was also a first rounder, but you know, it worked out. But I was like, he's small. And he came to camp and ran a four three eight on my watch. And I was still like, I don't know, guys. I just don't know if he's good enough. <laughs> I don't know if he's good enough, which of course now you're like, idiot. That was stupid. <laughs> like that was not smart. Um, so that was one thing I learned from and my mentor, Austin Thomas and Derek Miller. And those guys were like, Hey man, when those guys have, when you have an elite trait, you take guys with an elite trait, especially in your own state. So that's something I learned from that. But one of my bigger hits and I'm hoping it pans out for me. Will Levis way back when, when I was at LSU, I invited Will Levis to camp at LSU and he was from Connecticut. At the time, he only had probably like, I think it was like Dartmouth. And like he had like a couple Ivy Leagues, but it wasn't anybody, no like heavy hitters P5. And so he was like, well, I got to talk to my mom. I don't know if we're going to be able to come down to Baton Rouge from Connecticut for a summer camp without having an LSU offer. Hey, dude, totally get it. <laughs> I totally understand. And he's like, well, you know, my parents talked about we're going to go to North Carolina, Iowa, and some other school, Syracuse. So I'm going to those three. And I was like, well, good news, Will Levis. You're going to get offered at all three of those schools. It's going to happen. There's no way you're not. Sure enough, it's like bang, 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 bang. And his recruitment takes off. He ends up going to Penn State, becomes a second-round draft pick. And I was just super early. Like, I just – I felt it at the time. I was like, oh, my God, I think this kid's so good. Um, and so that he holds a special place in my heart just because I was like, oh, my God. That was like the first cat – I ever really stood on the table and was like, guys, I think this one's really good. And it ended up being a second rounder. So not too bad for every trip. I say that because for every Travis Etienne, you may have a Will Levis and you know, there's a, but you're going to have a lot of these. You're going to have a lot of these. It, it evens itself out down the yeah. line. Yeah. You guys have a very, I don't know if I could do your job where every single fan base hates you because you know, <laughs> I don't blame him. I get it. Yeah. I was that guy too. At one point I was that guy too. I totally get it. Yeah. But that's the hard part in, in doing this is I'm let's, for instance, CJ Carr, right? I'm sure Notre Dame folks are like, this guy's a dumb, dumb. I don't even want to talk to him. I don't want to listen to him because he has CJ Carr rated so low. And that's fine. You can hate me for CJ Carr being so low right now. But if I'm right in three years, come back at full force with the hate. But in terms of like, hey, dude, you did a great job. That was a good ranking. To be honest, that was a good ranking. But the hard part is that doesn't happen. <laughs> because y'all are going to move on three years from now and you're not going to care if CJ Carr didn't hit. You will if he does hit, but you won't care if if if, if Notre Dame missed on him. So, yeah, so you're saying if CJ Carr does go out and 
to be amazing in a first round pick, they'll let you know. But if you don't, oh, they'll smoke me. Yeah, but if not, it's, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, just another, just another miss or whatever. Yeah, and that happens. That's okay. I can understand that. I can live with that. That I yeah. totally get it. That's just part of the gig. Do you think? Would you say there's a position that you feel the most confident? In? Like, are you a, a whisperer with any of these certain positions? Mm. No, I, I will say that's something that I, I can. I, I actually do find troubling at the in in, in sort of these the personnel world in sort of what's happening is a lot of these staffs are expanding. I was lucky when I was a student. Now, granted, I mean, y'all, I don't know if y'all know this or not necessarily, but the personnel world in general to, to be put in the situation I was in when I was a student, I'm extremely fortunate. I was able to be in a personnel room at one of the top schools in the country and learn from the GM at the time, Austin Thomas, who was considered, he's literally the first GM in SEC football history. And he was really the second GM, you know, general manager really at the time ever in college football. So I was really lucky to have someone teach me and say, hey man, I'm not going to make you just a QB guy, or I'm not going to make you just an edge guy, or you're only going to watch dudes on defense. You're only going to watch guys on offense. That's a situation that a lot of students or people that are developing within the personnel community, they sort of get pigeonholed. Um, I'll give a shout out to this dude. He's one of my best friends in the world. He's one of my, he's one of the greatest humans I know. His name's Carl St. Cyr. He's the assistant director of personnel at LSU right now. And when he was young, he came in wanting to learn O-line and he's really good at it. He's a sharp O-line evaluator. However, when people come to him and they say, Hey man, you mind giving me an opinion on this kid? Nine out of 10 times, it's going to be an O-line guy. Well, he's much better than that. He's learned all kinds of different positions and the skills and all that stuff. There's a lot of guys, and I, I just pick him out specifically. There's a lot of guys that get pigeonholed to do certain position groups because their um, supervisors say, hey, man, I just want you to do offense. Hey, man, I just want you to do defense. And I think that's inhibiting sort of the growth of some of these people in the personnel world. And so I say that because I was very fortunate because I got to do all kinds of positions um, so I don't know if I would say I'm technically like, Ooh, I really, I'm really good. I don't think my skill level necessarily has changed over all these positions. Now there are certain positions I like more than the other ones. Um, for instance, like I'll say this, like the position that has gotten much more difficult to project at the next level is inside linebacker. It's not even close. I would, I would, I would ask Anybody, and we're going to go to the personnel symposium in a couple of weeks, so that'll be good. I'll get some good feedback on that. But if you ask anybody in the personnel world right now what kids are good coming out of high school to play inside linebacker, it's impossible. It's impossible right now to, to rank because so the way defense is played now and what these kids are asked to do at the high school level, none of them are playing true Mike Backer three out of four downs on defense. They're just not doing it. A lot of high school teams are saying, hey, man, you're our best athlete, you're our best player, you diagnose well, go play edge. Go stand up off the edge. Or they put them at D-line, and they just ask them to just wreak havoc on quarterbacks. Or if they're athletic enough, they make them play that center field, like free safety, and they just let them roam wherever they want. So these kids are lacking true diagnosing and like field vision at that second level more than ever, just because they're not asked to do it. Um and on offense, the one I, I really enjoy now that's sort of evolved with the way the NFL's evolved, or at least over my last like decade, is tight end. Because tight end used to be, now y'all can, I mean, Notre Dame probably runs it more than anyone else now, maybe Iowa. Like the true inline Y tight end hardly exists anymore. A guy that can truly run block, pass block, and then like, you know, sneak up vertical in the seam, maybe kick out to the flat. That guy hardly exists. Now the tight end position equals a jumbo slot or a F or an H back or the tight end position just means 11 different things. When it used to really mean just one true hand in the dirt, catch a couple passes, run block, pass block. Now the tight end position can be all sorts of things. So I say that because tight end now, I mean, golly, that definition has just expanded over time like crazy so that one's become more fun just because the scope used to be like this t tiny and now it's like this big so that one's become more fun for me cody bel everybody not only good stuff on uh 
some Lo- some Notre Dame guys, Logan Saldate, Caleb Smith, even talk CJ Carr a little bit. Um, just some kind of good information on uh, just the evaluation process and uh, college football scouting in general. So, Cody, definitely appreciate your time hopping on the show today, man. Of course, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, very nice to see you guys again. And uh, next time, just let me know ahead of time on the T-shirt. I'll make sure to match you guys. <laughs> Well, that it's, way it's we like don't have karate. any mess ups, okay? Yeah, I think it's like karate. We got different belts. You got the gray belt. Yeah. We got the red. So we're trying yeah, to get I'm, to you. No, no, no. Opposite. I'm trying to get to you guys. I'm uh, just, I'm just here for funsies. Like y'all are, y'all are like the, what's it called? That y'all run the dojo. I'm just here to like figure it out. No, well, Cody, can't thank you enough for coming on. We could go on, uh, you know, for quite some time about this process and how it's changing. So we're going to have to have you back on here soon to, to, you know, kind of break it all down here. But thank you again. Um, And and like Coach Hump said in the comments, it's cool to hear, you know, this kind of perspective and, uh, you know, to see the level head and the thick skin there as well. So thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Cody. <laughs> if you have anything else, uh, you know, before we get out of here, yeah, let us yeah know. thick skin, yeah, a lot thicker skin than I have for sure. I don't like oh, people cool come after too. me that much. It's sometimes I get, I get in my feelings. I get in my feelings pretty <laughs> easily. And you know what? It, I've gotten better just accepting it. You know, like hey, sometimes people will say things and it just kind of irks me. And you know, I think, I think that's okay. But yeah, Cody did a great job. It's awesome, man. I mean, Cody's always been great. Every time I, you know, at, at like all American comp, all American Bowl or Under Armour or whatever he's at, I'm like, hey, there's Notre Dame guy there. I'm not there. You're there. Can you send me quotes on? And he's fantastic. So uh, I didn't know he was that good behind the camera and on the mic. So That's we had Charles on. Charles was great on our Wednesday show. I think it was last week. Very Cody, nice. Cody was fantastic. Um, so yeah, some some really good stuff. I will just say if folks have joined us here in the past, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, just pause because we're about to end the show. Just rewind. Go, just like watch the replay of the show because we had some really good stuff um, in, in the show today. So, um, yeah, next weekend, big recruiting weekend at Notre Dame. Um, Sunday, Kingston Villiamuasa commits to either Notre Dame, Ohio State, or USC. Uh, no one knows yet. That that's that's what I know for for right now. He hasn't told any schools where he's going yet, so should know more tomorrow. And then he announced Sunday, so we will see. Um, but yeah, that that's the big one. But otherwise, Trey, I think we can uh, wrap the show up there. Um, some some really good stuff from from Cody Beller today. Yeah, an all timer today, like Mike said. Go go rewind on this one a little bit, and uh, you know, the least drag in there for you, Mike, showing off his thighs at some point along the way here. So I don't know if we should apologize for that or tell you to go watch it. But thank you to our friends at Bird Dogs, Augie's Locker Room, as always. Thank you to you guys for being here, getting in the chat with us, letting us know where you're at, and, uh, you know, just kind of sharing with us throughout the episode. We are going to talk KVA next week and a lot more as we get into the month of August. But until then, for Mike Singer, my name is Trey Andy. This has been the Notre Dame Recruiting Update. Here's the rest of the Friday, everybody.